following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. How are we doing, church? We doing all right? We're so glad that you're here. We're so glad to see so many guests today. Welcome to Christian Life Austin. Welcome to those. I think we've got some in the overflow room, which is awesome. Uh, we're, just, we're just pumped about today. Well, guys, we're so honored to have you here at Christian Life Austin. I see Big O's already started just passing down those footballs. You want to get some autographed footballs? Somebody want one of those later in? You guys autograph some of those for us. You guys have had incredible careers on the football field. Let's go down the aisle and just, just tell me what your favorite memory is. From college to pros, even high school, what was your favorite football memory? And anybody can start. <laughs> um, I guess my, my favorite memories, um, I guess would have to, I would have to say in college, um, being able to, to come to the University of Texas and play for a school that you grew up as a child always wanted to play for. And um, just creating a bond with the guys that, that you have for ye- uh, a, a lifetime, I think that was the, the best moments for me. And then, of course, in the NFL, um, as a child, you, you right after you, um, you're home and watching the Super Bowl, you go out in the, in the playground and you try to, try to emulate all of those guys, the Emmitt Smiths, the Deion Sanders, and to finally have a chance to, to play in the Super Bowl, I mean, it was – just can't describe that feeling. And you, you won twice. Yes. Uh, not to interrupt you. Wait, yeah. Against the New England yeah, Patriots. The Patriots. The Patriots. <laughs> so we're streaming this service. So if Nick Foles is watching, how do you, how do you beat? How, what about how do you beat Tom Brady? You did it twice. Um, it, it takes a, a team effort. Um, offensively, defensively, and special teams. Um, coach has to come up with a great game plan. And um, it comes in, in, in just believing that you can beat them because you know they're going to come with it. <laughs> yeah, they're coming with it. So um, it, just, uh, it starts from the offseason, honestly. Um, the, the bond that you create with your, with your teammates, um, going out to dinner and just creating that, that team camaraderie. And um, you just don't want to let the guy next to you down. And you go in there full of confidence and you, you feel like you can't be beat. So no matter – what team you're playing against, you, you, you're you going in there knowing that your team is going to come out a winner. That's awesome. Other football memories? Well, for me, I had a lot of great memories here in Austin. We won a lot of games, and uh, I tell people, you know, we kick tails, and we didn't even ask about their names, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and then, and, you know, when I got to the pinnacle of my sport with the Lions, I suffered a lot of defeats, so winning wasn't fun for me. I didn't create a lot of memories until I went on the road, went and played for Baltimore and Colts and, and the Cardinals, and the memories was great. The plane rides after road victories were awesome. When the plane jumping, man, we were having some fun on the planes, in the locker rooms and on practice. I mean, just the camaraderie with the guys in the locker room and, and just fellowshipping with them while we're playing the kids' game. Those are the memories that I keep with me to this day. Third grade, my, <laughs> my uh, YMCA team, we uh, went, you know, won to our championship game. But uh, I grew up in Plano, which is North Dallas. Uh, we got to play in the old Texas Stadium, which, I mean, growing up as a Cowboys fan, it looks like there's a couple in here, uh, was, I might as well have been playing in heaven. So this was, I mean, every Sunday – yeah, me and my dad sitting there, all right, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, got to get home, catch the game. Uh, so that was the, the biggest thing. I mean, and 
I was on the championship team here, uh, played in, I mean, we never played a Super Bowl, but that was probably more fun for me. <laughs> I mean, there, there's no, uh, I mean, I guess Lambeau Field would, would be the only place that would have been more historic in my, in my mind. And to do it as a eight-year-old or whatever you are in third grade, <laughs> pretty awesome. Yeah. I was, uh, um, with, with the with the Oakland Raiders, and we were playing um, the, the – who were we playing? We were playing the St. Louis. St. Louis. And it was after a game. I had just just gone against Leonard Little, if you all know who that is, a really fast guy. Um, I was kind of trembling in my, in my shoes before the game, but everything turned out pretty good. I agreed out pretty well. I get out of the shower, and I'm sitting down, and I start smelling this cologne, like the old green bottle – a polo, <laughs> the old green bottle polo, and I hear a voice, and it sounds like this, Octavius, son, I'm so happy you're here with the Raiders, I know where you're from, I know what you went through to get here, you're going to be great in this league, and I look up, and it's Al Davis, I look, I say, yes, sir, yes, sir, I look back, and he was gone. <laughs> I, I think he just disappeared in the ground. I, I don't know where he went. The smell was gone. The white, the white jumpsuit was gone. But that was a good sports memory. Kwan, what about you? I know, man. I don't want to follow that. Um, well, uh, it, fortunately, I, I didn't win a Super Bowl like, like A. Ross, but... I won a high school state championship, and I was, it's kind of crazy, then we won the Natty, and uh, I had the same level of friendships, and we all talk about it, sure, we, we miss playing the game, kind of not really, what we miss <laughs> is this, you know, and <laughs> not, kinda not really, we, we miss this, you know, I'm sorry, we want to apologize too, because y'all could probably hear us laughing and cutting up back there, but those are the memories you have, and what I had with my high school guys, and I grew up we had 44 people on our team, like total, and 300 in the school, a town of 1,500. So I knew them from, you know, pre-K to, to our senior year. And then to create that same thing in the locker room at UT with, with my brothers up here, was those are the memories and kind of our favorite, you know, my favorite part of playing ball. Quan, yeah. I, love, I love that uh, you also not only played for four NFL teams, you played four years of professional baseball with the Anaheim Angels. Do you feel like – Doing multi-sports helped you or hurt you in your pursuit of being a professional athlete? I think it definitely helps you. I think any opportunity to go out to compete, you know, it's going to help your chances. And um, just really expanding. When I went to pro baseball, it was amazing because it also, going back to that small town, it, it lets you know what the real world is. You know, I, I walk into this room and I'm like, man, dude. That's a lot of black guys in here. And then they all start speaking Spanish. And I'm like, what is going on? I was like, what? Where, where, did, where am I? I was like, what is the problem? So, so I had to make some real life adjustments real quick. Um, but no, man, I ultimately, as the true physical portion of the sport, 
everything you do complements each other, whether it's basketball, baseball, definitely track, even though I didn't like it. Um, it, it all helps the other sports. So those opportunities to compete are fun. I love it. Uh, so many people are wearing their favorite jersey, the, their favorite player. I'd be curious, who was your favorite player growing up? You kind of, you know, I'm a Houston boy, so I mean, I, I, Warren Moon was still, you know, the man back then, you know. Um, I didn't really fall in love with football until I was in seventh grade. I was too busy getting in trouble and getting hurt and in the hospital, so. But when I did watch football, it was Warren Moon. I, um, for myself, um, I, I love Deion Sanders. And, um, yeah. And, and, of course, Barry Sanders on the offensive side, so. Look at his shirt. <laughs> I, I look at his shirt. I, 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 I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm sure you do. Man, he looks good, doesn't he? The um, mine first was Bo Jackson. Uh, it, the dual sports stuff. Um, but because he didn't play as long as he could have, uh, of course, it switched to Dion, who also played dual sports. So yeah, I followed my love for baseball, football, multiple sports with those guys. Uh, my favorite athlete was Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, I obviously outgrew baseball uh, <laughs> at a pretty early age. And I was never going to be a center fielder. Uh, was, even when I did play, I was, you know, behind the plate. Uh, but as far as football, I, Emmett Smith, uh, I mean, he was the man. And Larry Allen. Um, I mean, not many people watch offensive line, but uh, when I was playing, they, they also had a weight limit on who could carry the ball, so I was always on the line, so my dad would make me watch these guys up front, and I was like, man, I don't know what the heck these guys are doing, I don't want to watch that, but he would make me watch, and this guy always stood out, was just throwing people around like little kids out there, uh, so I, I kind of grew to love him. I was really realistic. Um, because I'm robust. And I... Rotund. So, rotund, whatever. Robust, rotund. I, I would, you know, I, I looked for the, the other guys that looked like my body type. Uh, so I mimicked my game after Eric Williams. Um, yes, I'm a saved man. I love the Lord and I love you. Um, but when I was playing, man, I sure like to touch people. And, and I... And I and I he and Eric Williams I was playing on it. <laughs> Eric Williams, he really liked to touch people, uh, not in a godly way. <laughs> we might need a disclaimer uh, that it was in football. And he was playing, and those were the they were appropriate touches, just ugly. Meaning he was very physical and knocking yes, people down yes, to the ground. Yes. <laughs> well. So you guys played on the offensive line. Justin, I mean, you were protecting Matt Ryan for eight seasons, and, and you get beat up. I mean, I can just imagine being in the trenches. And, and at UT, you, set, you became the first Longhorn to start 50 consecutive games, which is incredibly difficult for any position, but especially on the O-line. Yeah. I got to imagine, because you're getting hit on every play, that you wake up incredibly sore on Monday. How do you recover so quickly to get ready for the next weekend? Uh, sometimes it was only by the grace of God. Uh, <laughs> in college, it's different. You know, we're 18, 22, somewhere in there. You can do a lot of things and recover pretty quickly. But, you know, towards the end of my career, you know, in the NFL, you're playing sometimes short weeks. You might have a 
Sunday, Thursday game or something like that. And Wednesday rolls around, I'm like, I don't know if I can even practice today, let alone, you know, get out here tomorrow night and go perform. Um, but all these guys can attest to it. Most teams have, you know, training staffs, people to help you out, uh, massage therapy, cold tubs, cold tubs, cold tubs. I mean, it, they're don't, don't get me started. <laughs> I, I can't say I can't say one good thing about it, except you'll feel good when you're done. But going through it is something else. I wouldn't put it on my worst enemy. Uh, guys have talked about it up here before. Don't let the next man down. My guy next to me, he's working his butt off just like I am. I, I was very fortunate to be, you know, the guy that goes out there uh, time and time again. Uh, as an offensive lineman, yes, you can hit every play. There's no, uh, there's no tapping out. Uh, I'm a little tired. You know, lots of, no offense. You know, uh, I'm not even gonna say no. <laughs> He's about to talk about. We, skills, we play it. We keep play it real. Snap. Keep it real. Keep, keep it real. Talk about the we little guy. Snap. Always getting hit. Actually, the point of our game is to get hit. Everyone else, the point is to not get hit. So you have to be smart about how you get hit and try to be the aggressor when possible. But also, you're going backwards. <laughs> so it's, it's really uh, ironic, and it doesn't make sense to play off the line. If you're a kid out here, don't do it. <laughs> Find something else. That's good. We, we often put athletes on, on pedestals, but you mentioned some of the challenges, obviously short recovery times, getting injured, the concussion stuff that's happening uh, all the time, uh, Losses, being on tough teams. You mentioned being with the Lions. So, so what do you feel like is the greatest challenge that you had to overcome in your playing career? For anybody? Um, for me personally, was it was the injuries. Um, I was fortunate enough to be um, the Giants' first-round pick. So, as we all know, you get treated a little different differently. You go in with the expe- expectations to be the starter, be out there all the time. Um, everybody's singing your praise. Um, so life is great. And then when you get injured, you're just another guy. And the coaches might not, when you're in a stretch group, they'll walk right by you without even saying anything. Where yesterday they were, let's go, Aaron. So it, that, that was the hardest thing for me was, being able to adapt after I got injured and not receiving that same type of love that I thought the coaches would be giving me. I'll piggyback off of that. Um, biggest thing for me was mental. I was drafted third round, and I was coming in to replace a pro bowler, uh, an all-pro, and Robert Porsche. And I doubted myself. I was like, how can I follow this guy? Like, this guy gets sacks every day, and I'm barely touching the quarterback and all these kind of things. And, you know, so how can I compete with that? So I had to mentally get myself over the hump every single day to just say, I am good enough to go on this field and compete. And to piggyback off of that, this is a what have you done for me lately league. This is, if you're healthy, I'm talking to you. But if you're hurt, you don't even exist until you're back on the field. And it's it's just the mindset of how the, the, you know, how it is. But because you're you're no good to me until you're on the field. 
And that's just how it is. And so spiritually, you're like, man, how can people treat me this way? You was just in chapel with me last night, and we was doing this, and now I'm hurt, and you don't talk to me? Like, what's up with that? And it's, it's, it's just that mindset. And so you have to overcome so many things. You have to grow up really quick. You have to realize I'm not a little boy anymore. I'm a grown man in a grown man's world, and this is their business, and I'm a part of their business model. So I have to perform, or if I'm not performing, get myself healthy as fast as I can so I can go out there and perform. And that's, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, to think that way. There's certain days I couldn't even walk to the bathroom sometimes. My wife is asking me, how much longer, babe? How much longer? And I'm like, I'll stop when I want to stop. You know, it's just because, you, you know, I love my guys, and, and we compete for one another. And if he's hurting and he's hurting, who am I to complain? I'm going to tape up, give me some duct tape and uh, super glue, and I'm going to go out there and play because my brothers need me. And, that's, yeah. and I'm going to give you a little bit different perspective because these guys – we're all drafted, most of them pretty high. I wasn't from a football perspective. I wasn't baseball. And so even on the days I'm on the field, I'm, it was week to week from my perspective. It, it, sure, it lasted four years, but every week I had to perform or I was gone. One team, I was the captain. A couple of linemen got hurt. They needed to pick up some linemen for two weeks. I got cut. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here, man, like, and then, of course, you go home and see guys drop punts and all this stuff. So I was just like, man, this is great. So the business perspective where I grew up in Martin, I, I came to Austin, and it was team. It was, you, you know, you family. family, all the above. Man, there was my last couple of teams, there was defensive guys I didn't know. And so that whole perspective, knowing what, we, what we're doing back here, what we do in locker rooms, and the, the level that you get to know each other, it was hard, man, because it was just weird. I mean, it's being in a locker room and you don't know someone, therefore you don't trust them. And it's just, I think that perspective, talk about, yeah, on every level. And having a family, you have to provide for your family, and yet you're week to week, you know. And, and so that grew up a lot and um, leaned on, of course, uh, spiritual life a lot during that time. It, it, was, it was one of our, as a family, one of our tough, most tough times. That's so good. I know that you were talking about, uh, Corey, about spiritually the challenge. And I love that every man on this stage loves Jesus. So how did, how did your commitment to Christ uh, help you, I guess, or affect you in the league and, and, and going forward? I mean, what, what did that mean to you to be in a relationship with Christ? I realized that God loves football. Because <laughs> he thought about these unique recipes to put within me so I can go out and, and make beautiful music or make beautiful meals. You know, you take individual pieces and you use them just by themselves. Flour don't taste good when it's just by itself. But when you mix flour in with sugar and with sour cream and with this and with that, you make, you know, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm talking about a pound cake right now. All right, so, uh, this man ain't cooked a day in his life. But, but, but that's how I felt like he gave me strength. He gave me speed. He gave me, you know, the sight to foresee problems whenever it comes to me. And, you know, how do I defeat it? So I loved going out there and doing that. And so when I realized, when I rededicated my life back to Christ my third year and just said, you know what, Father, I'm tired of partying. I'm tired of doing this, not living a godly life. I want to follow after you. When I made that commitment again, it was just like, boom, the lights turned on. And all these blessings just started coming upon me. He was like, now let's have some fun. You know, and he was like, let me help you get these hats. Let me help you get these tigers. Let me show you why I gave you these gifts. You know, and not only, and not only the gifts on the field, but the gifts off the field. Yes. 
to be able to touch lives and to use the platform of football to bring folks closer to Christ. Because I can approach somebody and give them the word of God, but they may be thinking, we're going to talk football. And I'll give them a little football, but then I'll throw in the word somehow. And then it touches them, and they're like, wow, I got something I wasn't ready for today. But so, and, that's, and that's how you use the gifts. And so that's how God and Christ has helped me in my career, and, and, I, and, and I just love it. Um, yeah, piggyback off. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I agree. But, uh, yeah, um, like I said, um, football, it, it was a, a beautiful journey for me. And, um, and that's, I'm talking more about the, the struggles that I went through because the struggles allowed me to know that I needed Christ even more. Um, it was times where, I had to really just depend on him. The money couldn't solve the problem. The the house, the, all of the material things, it, it wouldn't solve the problem that was that was within me. And um, just having a, a a really great family around me that 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 my granny is a, a prayer warrior, and um, she she would always I, I can feel the prayers. I can I can feel God talking to me when I'm about to make a bad decision. And October 18, 2014, that was the, the day I completely wanted to give my life to Christ. And, and, and from that day when I, when I decided to do that, that's when I was able to really be a mentor to younger kids. I, I couldn't I felt like a hypocrite if I was out in the clubs partying with them and then try to witness to them about God or, or anything like that. So when I, when I took myself out of that situation and I was able to really show them how I was living and let, let God shine through me, that's when I felt like my life and, and everybody else's life around me had, had an effect. God's grace is so sufficient. Um, I, I remember times when I was in my career, I was a free agent just like Quan, and I, would, um, I was released by the Atlanta Falcons, and I was picked up and drafted into NFL Europe in Amsterdam. And I was, I was sitting at a bus stop, and I remember looking at a bus stop, and then if you've ever been to Amsterdam, there's canals within the city, and I was sitting on a bench, and I, and I look up, and there's a, a woman of the night in the red light district standing right over there looking at me. And immediately I looked down. And I, wasn't, I, haven't, I hadn't come back to Christ yet. It wasn't until a, a year and a half, two years later that this happened. But I, 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 my eyes followed from that, that lady, and it looked straight down. And I saw a little girl who was taller than her brother in a uniform. And in the uniform, they, they had they had a uniform, and they were headed to school. And my eyes became fixated on them as they walked. And as they walked, they went around the corner and left. And when my eyes came back, I looked back up at the woman in the night. But I realized that in that moment, it was God was speaking to me, and He was like, "You can be a father. You can live properly." And I wasn't even ready. I hadn't I hadn't even made the uh, the, 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 the prayer to come back to, back to God, but God's grace is so sufficient that he was with me even in the midst of my turmoil, in the midst of my cloud, in the midst of, in the midst of my own fuzz and in my own head. Um, me trying to uh, uh, establish success 
Um, but he was looking at something more significant for me, which was a relationship with him. That is so good. Corey, you mentioned about just using your platform of being an athlete and sharing your faith with others. I'd love, Quan, for you to share the story you shared in first service about, about your locker room experience and just how you've been able to use your faith uh, with, with even fellow players. We're in Texas, so I don't see many eagles out there. But one of, one of the eagles and a good buddy and friend of mine, um, uh, I, I told him my, my locker at Cincinnati, the left of me was Chad Ochozinko, to the right of me was Terrell Owens. And even though I was young in the league, um, it's amazing how we, we often think we control things, but we're put in situations that, that remind us very fast that we don't. But – we were talking one day, and they were talking about my perspective and just kind of the way I went about my business. And I told T.O. because he was complaining about, and I didn't even tell him the first part, he was complaining about being a superstar. I was like, dude, you ask for it every day. And I, and I said, I want to go to the Super Bowl, but I don't want to be the MVP. And, and he didn't understand that. And, then, and I was like, yeah, I want to make plays. I want to catch 10 balls, you know, score, score a touchdown. But I want someone else to do more, and they get the MVP. And ultimately, it was about kind of that perspective. It was about not wanting that type of following. And at that point, fortunately, being grounded enough to know that, sure, I have personal goals and all those things, but I don't want that fame. You know, I want to change lives. I want to do things like that. And even to, to talk about that platform perspective, I see kids in there. One of the things we have to battle with, too, y'all see us in our regular clothes and all of that. Me and Corey were talking earlier, and we were talking about flipping that switch in football. We're a little bit different on the field than we are right here, by the way. Not, not as nice. A lot of prayer for forgiveness for on-the-field stuff. Um, and, After uh, every series. <laughs> no, seriously. And, but we also, even as football players and as Christians, you deal with in the locker room as great as they can be, you deal with that perception that you're soft because you're a Christian. And we had to battle that often. And don't worry about it as a kid because you are not soft at all. You're actually the stronger person because it's harder to not go out. It's harder to not be a follower. And typically, because of our spiritual life, you become leaders. So that's actually the harder thing. So all those different perspectives. And it it takes me back to why maybe, you know, T.O., a guy who just got in the Hall of Fame, leaned on me about things, although – he was drafted in the first Hall of Fame guy, and, you know, I was probably number 53 on the roster. That's awesome. That's a 54-man roster, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost out the door. <laughs> there might be somebody here today that, that hears your stories and, and says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Like, I, I'm, maybe I'm far from God, or I'm, I'm questioning this whole thing, and I just came because I wanted to see some NFL athletes. What would you encourage – what would you say to that person – to help them take their next step of faith, whatever that step might be, what might you say to that person today who might be listening? Hmm. Don't give up. Amen. Life is hard. It's not easy. Don't give up. We all struggle. I still struggle to this day. Our flesh is weak. We are all not perfect people. I think Quan said it earlier. He's perfect at being imperfect. You know, um, Don't give up. We all struggle with something. But just as our good father, our great father, he gives us tests, Satan likes to tempt. So I've heard that before. I believe my pastor would have said that before. But our father's going to test us. He want to see 
and we're ready to go to that next level. So if you're struggling with any kind of addictions, if you're struggling with anything that you know is not right, or you feel like you're just too far from God, guess what? You're at the right place at the right time. You may be at the end of your rope, but you're not at the end of your hope. God is waiting right there to say, I can use, I can use you right now. This Preach. is that moment. Right now, I'm going to use you. And I'm going to use all of those things that you've been struggling with to be a testimony to somebody else. Because I need my child and he's struggling. I want you to go over there and be that beacon of light for me. So that's what I tell you. Don't give up. Just know when it's getting tough, just give him glory and give him thanks because he's putting you through the test to elevate you to another level. I'm not going after that. (laughs) What Corey said. All right, well, let me give you some lightning round questions. Is that okay? Give you some, some lightning round questions. Okay, you're an NFL GM. Go ahead. And just, this is small. I feel like sometimes you have to isolate yourself to elevate yourself. So I feel like sometimes you just, you need to get in a room by yourself and, and have a one-on-one conversation with God. And it just clear out everything that's in your head. So sometimes you have to isolate to elevate. That's good. Aaron, I'm going to pick on you. I'm going to give you a lightning round question. You're, you're married to Sonia Richards-Ross. Multiple gold medals in the 400-meter and 4x400-meter relay. Who's the better athlete, you she or your is. wife? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have been able to get in the door there if you would have said you. That's a smart man right there. He knows. Great he knows. answer. Great answer. Great she could be watching right now. Okay, uh, for everybody, you're an NFL GM. Uh, any player that's currently playing is available. Who do you want to build your franchise around? Oh, my gosh. Wow. In the league right now? In the league right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is lightning round. This might be a snail round. That's hard. First name that comes to mind. Bill Belichick. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Okay, Deshaun Watson. I like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's done. I'm going last. You going last? Oh man, I don't know. Hey, Michael Dixon. GT's best player. Yeah, it's GT's best player last year. That's why I said that. No, oh, man, I, yeah, I have no idea, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with that one. He's going to change some lives. Oh, man, gosh. I think, I've, I think this is the first question that got me stuck in my whole history of talking. Well, that, that means I'm doing saying, a good job. That's good. Out. This is tough. Um, in order to win, you got to have a trigger, man, and the best one is playing on Sunday. I can't pick him because I don't like him. Right. So... <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go with the Westlake homegrown Drew Brees. I'm going to say Drew Brees. All right. All right. Your 40-yard dash time if you ran it today. Hey, no, that's funny because y'all don't get it. We were literally just talking in there about diet because this man looks so good. We're trying to figure out what he does. And I I just had to make sure it didn't involve running anymore. And so, man, ooh. Maybe... Four, seven, eight. <laughs> probably four, eight. I'm going to probably say f- maybe five, oh. <laughs> I'm 
I don't even finish the I don't even know I can get the four. I was going to say five days. I mean, <laughs> if I'm running for All right, last question. Who you got tonight, Pats or Eagles? Eagles. Pats, come on. Let's be serious. I might say Pats, too. Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. All right. Let's give it up for these NFL athletes.